Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends and analysis. I'm Teresa Hegel, Executive Editor of Digital Content with, uh, with ASI Media, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Nashua Watson, founder of Interwoven Impact, a social impact analytics consultancy for content companies. Uh, Watson was previously a co-founder of Ethically Woven, which produced sustainable fashion events and education for trade shows, festivals, and conferences. Um, so today we'll be chatting about current trends in the world of sustainable apparel and how small businesses and individuals can improve their own sustainability efforts. Thanks so much for joining us today, Nashua. I'm really excited. I think it's really great, particularly because we were, prior to the pandemic, we were involved in events for uh, you know, trade shows and conferences, annual promotional events. So awesome. I think it's just great to speak to an audience that's really interested in this aspect. Yeah, that's so great. So before we get started, I do just wanna to mention to anybody that is watching this, um, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything you just kinda of wanna add, just put it into the chat and we will address it uh, during this, this discussion. Um, so just to get started, um, you know, obviously I gave a little bit of your bio in, in the intro, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background and kind of where your interest in sustainable fashion and ethical production and all that stuff comes from? Great. So I did my PhD in uh, business. And as part of my PhD thesis, I went to Sri Lanka and did research on working conditions in apparel factories there. And that was my first introduction to sustainability. And once you, you know, you're exposed to that kind of work and, you know, you see it firsthand, it, you know, it's, it's life changing. And that's the direction then that I went down. So after, um, so after I did my PhD, instead of teaching at a business school, I actually went and taught in an international development department about the role that the private sector, including businesses, can play in sustainability and uh, international development. And so uh, I did work uh, in, for all kinds of companies um, and as a consultant while I was in that department, that academic department. So, um, you know, consumer goods and um, things like that. But it wasn't until I became a freelance consultant on my own and worked on a project with some friends, some fine artists who wanted to do basically t-shirts and clothing with their art. So, you know, we basically we wanted to do merch. And I said, well, if we're gonna do this, it has to be sustainable. So then I relied on, you know, my knowledge of the industry, you know, based on my research experience in order to um, basically help us develop an ethical supply chain. So I say ethical because this would have been five years ago when we started that. And, um, you know, there weren't as many suppliers as there are now. It took me two years to put together our supply chain where now, you know, you can go on a website and someone will do it all for you. Right, um, right. So things have really changed. And then also um, sustainability itself um, and the idea of what makes something sustainable has also changed. And so um, but, you know, five years ago when I was doing that, you know, like I said, it took me two years to find the suppliers where we felt like we had materials, we believed in labor practices, we believed in, and a supply chain that was transparent enough for oh, us wow. to be sure that we were selling what we promised. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a huge thing because you, I think we still see stories of, of companies who you know, they talk about, you know, they kind of like talk the sustainability talk, but then they go and do merch and they ignore the, like all of that stuff in that, it, you know what I mean? Like they just go for like the cheapest possible thing. And it's like, well, why wouldn't this be sustainable too? Why wouldn't you, you have to kind of roll that into everything you do, not just 
you know, one or two things. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then, I mean, the game, you know, I got into the game and the game changed on us where, you know, sustainability shifted from, okay, what kinds of materials are you using? Are you using organic materials to, are you circular? Mm. And so then, um, granted, were any of our customers saying you need to be circular? No, but we thought, well, if we're gonna be ahead of the game and be ready, then we need to be circular now. So, you know, basically a year and a half after we started, we rejigged our whole supply chain in order to uh, work with circular manufacturers. So for people that aren't aware, what, like, how would you define circular fashion? So uh, circular is where uh, you basically minimize waste or maximize reuse. So you could do that, for example, where your raw materials are actually reused or recycled materials already. Um, you could do that also in your production processes. If say, you know, your offcuts or your scraps, they, you know, those somehow get recycled or reused, but then also in uh, your, uh, once you sell it on to, you know, your customer, how do they dispose of that? Um, you know, they're, it's providing ways for them to, you know, uh, either, you know, dispose of it into another supply chain or to reincorporate it into your own supply chain. So for example, for us, when we shifted to our circular manufacturer, that manufacturer basically was willing to take customers old shirts back. Mm-hmm. So they could, you know, once the, it was worn out or once they got tired of it, they could send it back to that manufacturer who then recycled it into new shirts. Another example of say sending something into another supply chain is actually you can take food waste. So for example, from the pineapple industry and then use that to make vegan leather. So that's another example of, you know, circularity where it might not be within your own supply chain, but, you know, you're recycling it into another supply chain. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of like I think some of the the challenges now is is with like the fabrics like that are are blends. You can't necessarily like turn that back into another T-shirt, but there's still ways to kind of and I think but I think they are trying to develop ways to do that. But there's even if it can't be like direct like T-shirt to T-shirt, it can be T-shirt to something else. Um, or something else to t-shirt. Exactly. But that's the technology on that is advancing as we speak. And there are at least, um, you know, in the lab, uh, fairly well-developed ways in order to begin to separate different types of uh, textiles. Okay. And I I mean, I think you're so right about the circularity being kind of a newer thing that everyone is talking about because um, yeah, it it definitely has been changing. how else has that conversation uh, around sustainability, you know, changed? And do you still like, I know people were very concerned about like the idea of like greenwashing before where people would just like kind of say, oh yeah, it's green, it's green. Or they would just kind of have like a leaf in their logo and expect people to think that, yeah, we're very, you know, we're very green, of course. But how, yes. how, how, how is the conversation changing? So, I mean, yeah, greenwashing is definitely a thing. And, um, and that, uh, yeah, sorry, I have, I have a bit of background noise there. So let's uh, see, they're like, oh, greenwashing. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, with greenwashing, it is, um, I mean, basically as, you know, people realize that there's a market you know, for, um, you know, sustainable and ethical and green goods, obviously there's more and more incentive to take advantage of that. But we're also seeing increased, um, you know, regulation of that and green anti-greenwashing regulations are coming into force. And so, I mean, on the on one hand, you know, it's not necessarily anything new. What they're doing is enforcing existing advertising standards 
-hmm. with respect to, you know, green or environmental or sustainable goods. The issue is in defining what is a standard. So basically, do we have enough information to be able to say this is green or not? So you have to now, you know, at least in the UK, for example, you have to say, if you're saying, okay, this is greener than whatever, it's like, well, what is the standard? How much, you know, are you looking at, you know, CO2 or are you looking at, you know, liters of water used? And then like, is this a commonly used standard or is this a, like, you know, your company's own seal of approval? Right. You know, that sort of thing. So I think that um, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily asking a lot. Like I said, again, these are already existing advertising standards, but the the basis that we're using for comparison or the statistics or, you know, like, you know, 81 out of 100, you know, consumers say that isn't always well established. And I think that's where um, a lot of people are going to need to put in more you know, time and money in order to establish those baselines. Right, right. So what are, what are some of the other like big trends you're seeing when it comes to sustainable fashion? So I think uh, in sustainable fashion, I mean, the fact that I wouldn't say that's necessarily going mainstream, there's mainstream awareness, but textiles and production techniques and also you know the whole you know wholesale retail distribution model i mean those have been in place for centuries and it's you know they're not going to be displaced overnight so while i think you know obviously more and more people are you know there's broader and uh pretty much mainstream consumer awareness um you know i think these are still say you know segments Mm -hmm. of various product markets as opposed to, you know, the dominant, you know, means mm -hmm. of, you know, of production, of producing them. Right. Um, but I also think that on one hand, you know, we're here to talk about what specific businesses or people can do. On the other hand, a lot of this, you know, I think has to, has to be, you know, regulated into place as, you know, appropriate, you know, trade practice. Um, you know, one example that I like to use is that, for example, uh, in the electronics industry, and again, you know, uh, living in uh, London in the UK, um, we see this uh, in European legislation, uh, it's called WEED, W-E-E-E, -E, and it's basically waste electronics legislation where you can't sell any electronic goods here without telling people how they're going to dispose of it. Mm. And so, and actually, I'm, you know, and when you consider the environmental impact of textiles, you know, on the environment. And, and don't forget textiles aren't just apparel. Right. You know, you're looking at, you know, furniture, um, medical, uh, automotive, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, you even have like satellite applications, things like that. And so when you look at the impact of textiles on the environment, why isn't there end use regulation or end, or even, you know, end use guidance? Right, right. And I think I think sometimes, you know, in the past, maybe people kind of shied away from that because you don't want like when you're buying something, I don't think people want you to be thinking about like, well, how am I going to get rid of this? You know what I mean? But like once you kind of get over that hurdle, then it's like, well, of course, people aren't going to keep it forever and they can't. So what what is like the, the end game for it? Um, but I think it's interesting what you mentioned about, you know, legislation. Can you, we see that over here with a lot of like plastic bag bans, you know, like so many people you know, they like the idea of using a reusable bag at the grocery store, but how many people actually remember to do it? It's not right. until like, exactly. you know, you go to a city where it's kind of forced that most people, you know, there are, of course, there's always the outliers that, that will do it no matter what, that will get their, you know, have their totes with them and remember them. But, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, but when it's actually kind of forced, then 
then that actually helps change behaviors and it kind of enables it to, to happen. Exactly. But again, I think that's where, you know, the systems thinking, you know, comes in handy because also part of the reason, because I mean, I forget all the time, half the time I'll have a, a bag with me and then forget to use it. Right. But it's because also, um, it's, well, why not make it easy, not only for me to say, you know, purchase one if I need an extra one at the store, but also why not make it easy for me to, you know, pass it on, you know, or dispose of it. You know, the same goes with like uh, takeout containers, you know, with, with you know, delivery food or things like that. Um, you know, why wouldn't you have, um, you know, systems of reusable containers that, okay, I get takeout here, but then I can easily, you know, just drop it off in, uh, you know, a bin on the street or, you know, drop it off at, you know, the restaurant on the corner, you know, you know, keep a collection of them or things like that. So it's about, you know, creating those broader systems to make it easy for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, for our, our audience that's doing promotional products, something mm -hmm. like that, like reusable takeout things would be a great like opportunity for them as well. Exactly. Because it's things that are branded and things that they can, you know, uh, promote to to their clients. Exactly. Um, so, you know, speaking about like, you know, obviously the people that, that you know, listen to us and read our stories are in the promotional products industry. Um, you know, and there's always kind of the ongoing conversation about how to make swag more sustainable. There's always like, you know, the people that are like, oh, you know, it's all, it's trash. I'm like, we need to have less of it, but you know, that's not really feasible either because people want okay. to be able to get their brand out there. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It's just about how, how are you doing this in a way that people are actually going to use this and keep it? Um, you know, so what 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 is your take on that like issue of of swag and making it more sustainable? Is it about like fewer things that are higher quality? Is it you know how it's disposed of? Is it some kind of combination of of all those different elements? So yeah, I think it's it's um, it's a combination of all of those. I mean, I love swag. Um, it's just so much fun. I mean, I've loved it since I was a kid. Um, all of it from you know the t-shirts, the hats, down to the pens. Uh, the, the pens, the pins and the pencils, all of it, the stickers. Um, and then, you know, especially with the advances in technology now where you can do this sort of like mass customization, you know, right. of all of these things and, you know, print on demand. Um, it's just, uh, and, and even then it's, you know, even if you don't change a thing about what we're doing, the fact that now that, yeah, you can print on demand, that you can do it with, you know, vegan inks, um, that you can do it with, you know, organic or sustainable materials, whether that's textiles, paper, or whatever, or even, you know, you have, um, you know, compostable plastics, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, even if we keep just doing what we're doing, I, I do think there are already, you know, big steps that are being made. But yes, in order to make, I can keep talking about this, like systems change, then it's, yeah, you know, obviously doing less, you know, doing less swag, but better. But then also creating, again, these circular systems. So, you know, one example is that um, so people go to shows. We, you know, we did sustainable um, events at like a lot of like festivals and live music, you know, events. And, um, you know, people go, they buy T-shirts and things like that. But it's like, OK, if, you know, for example, the T-shirt is the branding opportunity, why not make the T-shirt your ticket? You can print QR codes anywhere these days right right and then why not make it possible to recycle those shirts or yeah, for yeah. example or you know yeah or it's like okay if you know we want the swag we want people to take this and have you know have this branding opportunity 
for example, let's say we give someone a tote bag, you know, to, I mean, you want to talk about like, okay, you know, overkill, right? It's like, oh, well, we need to carry more you know, tote bags. And I was like, everybody has tote bags they don't carry. But what if someone carries a tote bag and then gets, you know, admission or discount to your next event? Right, right. Or Some you kind know, of incentive for exactly. them to keep it and, and use it. I exactly. Like or, you know, or, you know, trade that in for the next. So for example, a lot of times as well, you know, you have people who get, I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, get cred from attending every year, right? Or each event. So why not, okay, if you bring that last year's, you know, we'll give you this year's, right? It's limited edition. It creates that, you know, mm. that false sense of scarcity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and really engages people. But, um, but I think that, you know, that's where, you know, your promotional craft, right? <laughs> you know, comes in. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it isn't just about, okay, how do we... How do we make less? How do we make it better? How do we, you know, be minimal? I mean, the fact is that, you know, we're humans. This is part of the way we express ourselves and this is part of the way we bond with each other. Right. So, you know, if we can, again, you know, it's like turn on that fun, like, you know, promotional, you know, kind of, you know, stunt queen, you know, like, you know, part of our minds and, you know, find ways, you know, how can people, you know, show they, you know, they're one of us and that they belong or express themselves by you know either reusing this or recycling it you know in, in a different way yeah that's awesome and i see we have a comment from meg erber uh, she says she loves that idea i think she was talking about um the the qr code is your your ticket on your your t-shirt ticket yeah. i guess which i think i do think that is a great idea i love that and i wish you know those are the kinds of things that i'd like to see more of it's just like those clever ideas that kind of you know have multiple uses for one thing that people, you know, people want the t-shirt, but like, why can't it kind of do double duty? I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, By the way, if anyone can do like a reusable roller banner. <laughs> call out for reusable roller banners. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like there, it's, it's amazing to me. Like when I started, you know, when I joined this industry, I had no idea. I mean, I knew what a promotional product was just from having received them, yeah. but I had no idea that it was an industry. And to find out like that it is, that it's like a multi-billion dollar industry and that there are so many different things that you can put a brand and a logo on, it was kind of mind blowing. So it is, it's very impressive what people can do. Um, but so as far as I know, we talked, we've been talking a lot about like, you know, systems kind of need to change to, to make things, mm -hmm. you know, to make th those bigger changes. But, you know, obviously small businesses and individuals want to be able to kind of be doing their part too. So, I mean, like, what are some of the things that, you know, on a smaller scale people can be doing right now and how can they kind of measure like the impact that they're, they're having? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's small, you know, or I should say shorter term things you can do and then longer term things you can do. And actually I'll start with the longer term ones just because I think then that gives context to the, the lower hanging fruit. So for example, like I said, you know, we decided to get in front of the game in terms of moving from being, you know, sustainable and organic and ethical to being circular. And like I said, that meant basically, you know, redoing our entire supply chain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's also not just, okay, you know, finding new manufacturers. And also, of course, when you change manufacturers, you might have to change distribution. Um, but then also, um, you know, well, what do you do with the dead stock, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, that's a project that could take, you know, a year, maybe two years, right? At the same time, I think it also gives you a chance to, to be strategic. You know, how can we create competitive advantage for our brand, 
right? How can we stand out, you know, by doing that? How can we get a step on everyone else by doing that? So I think, you know, it's worth, you know, taking that time, you know, like I said, over the longer term in order, in order to think that through. Um, something else to consider, of course, is, well, how do you want, I say, how do you want to start to calculate your environmental footprint? <laughs> because, you know, it's hard for small businesses um, and even, you know, medium sized, you know, businesses and brands. I mean, you know, we're in business because we're good at business, not because, you know, we're environmental experts. And so, you know, again, I think it's about, okay, thinking about overall, you know, what are, you know, either our customers or, you know, your target audience, you know, who you want to have brand awareness, what is it they care most about, right? Do they care about, you know, our carbon footprint or do they care about our use of water or do they care about, you know, you know, saving, you know, the animals? It's, you know, okay, where do they, you know, where do they care? And then where, you know, what are the steps we want to take to not just quantifying, but understanding that impact? Because a lot of times that impact has qualitative dimensions. Mm -hmm. And then once you figure out, okay, here's where we want to go, then, you know, okay, what are the tools we're going to use to measure that? And so that might be, you know, okay, having a spreadsheet internally that might be, um, for example, you know, using someone else's kind of estimates. So for example, like, uh, you know, our, our uh, swag manufacturer, they, because they, they were already circular, they now have statistics, you know, in your, you know, uh, customer dashboard that tell you, okay, we made this much for you. And by doing it this way, here's how much water you saved you know, here, here's how much, um, you know, CO2 you save by using our packaging. Here's how, you know, how, how many trees, you know, you planted. Right. And so, um, it, you know, it could be getting, you know, getting that data secondhand from someone, but then, you know, if you do have the scale and the resources, then you can begin to, you know, go with a more, uh, custom solution that actually charts your entire supply chain. The great thing is though, that, uh, you know, industry associations, but also, you know, the, uh, in, uh, what do you call them? The certifications, what is it? ISO 14,000. Mm -hmm. They have, they have spreadsheets, they have templates that you can adapt, you know, to your own use. So, you know, you don't have to go out and figure this out on your own. Yeah. Right. You don't have to start from scratch. There's tools that are already available, whether it's the people that you're already working with or, or these organizations. Exactly. So, I mean, so that's the bigger picture stuff that I do think that, you know, it might not affect you this year. But it will definitely affect you within five years. And, you know, I think within 10 years, if you're not there, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I mean, and I think one thing that you had said that was really important is just that instead of instead of waiting for your customers to ask for it, like, why not be like the one telling them about it? Like, be on that cutting edge, be the one ahead of the game instead of like just sort of reactive, be proactive. Exactly. And then so the, here's so that's where we get to the small scale stuff, because obviously, I mean, what I'm talking about, you know, takes time, takes people, takes money. Right. And, so, you know, in the short term, well, it's like, you know, how do you try anything else new? You try one thing, you know, um, can you develop one new product or cultivate one new supplier or bring in, you know, one new employee who has that skill set. Um, and uh, then, you know, okay, then you, you take your lessons learned from that, you know, <laughs> and, and go from there. But also it could be even just like one thing. So, you know, okay. All right. We have our, you know, basically our swag portfolio, you know, we have, you know, our roller banners, we have our, um, our flyers, we have our t-shirts. 
why not just like our stickers? Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, let, let's, let's just do the stickers. Let's, let's just see, you know, um, what def- difference does it make? And actually, you know, again, when it's with these lessons learned, you might find like that actually, okay, given the inks we have to use or the papers we have to use, we have to design differently. And actually that might lead you to, you know, some interesting brand discoveries, right. you know, that right. can you know, feed into other parts of the business. So, but yeah, it's just, you know, start small, you know, pilot, just try, you know, just one thing and see what you learn and then see how you can roll those lessons throughout, you know, the rest, the rest of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such a good point. Um, and another thing I think that sometimes people forget about too, is just if you're, when you're doing these things, like promote them, like tell that story to your customers, you know what I mean? Like it's such an easy marketing opportunity. Like I was talking to a company that makes um, socks and they were saying how they, they were using recycled yarn for years. And the woman who was like the marketing person, like she, she was wanting to like switch to some kind of, kind of other material. And I, I think it was a family company. So the mom was like, Oh, well, we already used recycled yarn. She's like, okay, but why aren't we telling anyone that? Like yeah. they weren't telling anyone. Yeah. It's a good story. Like why would that not be part of your marketing efforts? People love the, the story of sustainability. Exactly. And that's the other thing. And that's something actually I only learned recently is that, you know, when you're a brand, sometimes you think that the only way to tell a story or be persuasive is to be the expert to like teach everyone, but you can also, you know, be attract an audience by curating the materials that they need or saying, you know what, actually, I don't know much about this. I'm going to take you on the journey with me. Right. Um, and here's everything we're learning along together right. along the way. And actually when you do that and um, cause that creates the door again, I think, you know, that, that really creates the, the door, opens the door for user generated content. Right. And UGC is gold. So, um, so I think that, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with not knowing and in a brand aligned way in, you know, Mom. letting, you know, your customers Mom. know we're learning. Mom, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this was all really good. Do you have anything else you want to add? So I think that, uh, again, I'm like, I, you know, I love, I love swag. Um, you know, I, I don't want swag to go away. Cause again, I think, you know, that swag design fashion, all these things, you know, they're what make us human and like, you know, help us bond to each other. I mean, that, that act of giving a gift to someone else creates relationship. I mean, that, that's at the basis of what we do. And so, yeah, if we can just find a way to do that and keep building these relationships um, while, you know, uh, ensuring, you know, our own futures, um, you know, why not? This right. can be fun, you know? It's serious, but it can be fun. I love that. That's, that's a great way to end, end the conversation, I think. Um, well, Nasha, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a really great discussion. Um, and we got some sound effects. So that yes, was nice. Exactly. <laughs> but um, no, I really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to, to talk with us. And hopefully somebody, everybody learned something about fashion, sustainability, swag, the whole, the whole spin. So thanks so much for the invitation, Teresa.